Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is the Sikkim Podcast. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Brooke Bednars and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi, everybody, and welcome to our Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. We're glad you're with us. John Morris, Brooke Bednars, and a very special Sikkim Podcast uh, this week, Brooke, as we close out the 2021 year, calendar year, uh, we are going to pay tribute to Mr. Dave Campbell. And I think it's appropriate to spend some time talking about Dave, remembering Dave, and everything he has meant to Baylor University and to Waco, Texas, and frankly to uh, football fans around the state of Texas. Absolutely. I think everyone knows Mr. Dave, at least the name. If they don't know the name, they know the magazine, and they know how much he meant. But specifically here at Baylor, um, since joining my time here at Baylor, I remember uh, the first time I walked into a room and realized and made the connection that he was a Baylor Bear and just how special his name was here. Um, very excited to be able to remember him and pay tribute to him today and uh, keep his legacy going on. Absolutely. He'll be remembered forever as one of the uh, all-time greats here at Baylor, one of the great journalists uh, from the state of Texas. And to help us uh, uh, reminisce a bit about Mr. Dave is Jerry Hill, the Director of Sports Journalism for Baylor Athletics. Jerry, I know this is a topic that uh, it's it's hard to talk about and maybe emotional to talk about, but I know you're glad to be able to talk about Mr. Dave. Yeah, actually, and I think I may have mentioned that to Brooke. I I think it's actually therapeutic for me. Like I did, I think it was four interviews on Monday about Dave, and um, I think it's helped, actually. I think it helps me kind of remember things and remember the good things. And so, yeah, I think it, I think it's actually helped me to talk about it. Well, and one thing for myself, you know, stepping into Baylor and kind of getting to meet you two and work alongside both of you, uh, to hear about Frank Fallon and then to know that you kind of, you know, followed in his footsteps now and you to have followed in the footsteps of Dave Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of anyone better to be able to visit with today uh, to to celebrate his life. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah I mean, Dave was my first boss, um, you know, graduated North Texas in 83, and he was basically my first boss. I worked on the news desk for a week or two weeks. Um, I was promised the first sports job opening, and, uh, you know, actually the second day I was there, a guy left, but, Dave, I still consider him my first boss. Very good. And and you talk about me following Frank and Jerry, you following Mr. Dave mm-hmm. at the Trib and then here. here mm-hmm. yeah. They tell you not to uh, not to follow a legend, right? Yeah. <laughs> and we we just we didn't both, do very well. We, we didn't we didn't listen to what everybody no, told us, right? We did not. Yeah. Think about this. There's something that I've I've been able to say over the last uh, week or so. Think about Waco, Texas. Mm-hmm. And having a broadcaster the stature of Frank Fallon yeah. and a writer the stature of Dave Campbell here for 
all those years, for yeah. so many years, covering Baylor, covering the Southwest Conference, into the Big 12. I mean, we were really blessed in those two areas. Absolutely, and you think about a, a city, a town this size, having two guys like that and that stayed, you know, that were loyal, mm-hmm. that didn't. And, you know, I'm sure both of them had chances. I know Dave had chances. I'm sure Frank had chances to go somewhere else. So for them to stay here and, and for us to be blessed, like you said, with that for so long. I mean, Dave was a sports editor for 40 years and another 15 years at the at the Baylor Bear Insider. So, yeah, I mean, we got to we got to be around them. We got to share them for that many years. When you think back at the early days of when you first started, um, is there maybe a story with one of the first articles you wrote, or do you remember something from the early times of your kind of first interactions with him as your editor? Yeah. Um, and I said in my column, he, as good a writer as he is, was, I think he might even be a better editor. Like he, he will go over everything with a fine tooth comb. And it was specifically, I was doing, and actually I started doing a little bit of that when I was still at North Texas, but I was doing some high school copies. So it's the little blurbs on each team that you'll see in the magazine. And I was doing some of that high school copy and, and literally we typed it (laughs) and uh, that tells you how long it's been, but we (laughs) typed it and I would, you know, turn it into him basically like, you know, you would turn in a, paper for school or something and it came back and it was absolutely covered in red ink you could hardly see the rest of the words but it it made me become a better editor it made me become a better writer because it's like he is going to point out everything wrong he's going to you know it's it's attention to detail that's the thing with dave is Everything has to be just right. Um, Hollis Biddle, who worked with him for all those years, was kind of his right-hand man, really, with the magazine, with the newspaper, and with Baylor Bear Insider. He said that literally when they first started, well, he wrote every bit of the high school copy Mm -hmm. for that first magazine in 1960. But he would edit, he would look over every bit of copy that came into that magazine. So you think about at that point, it was just 96 pages, but it grew to 400 pages. I was about pages. to say, let's think about these yes. magazines. <laughs> yes. They're thick. Yes. And so he would literally go over every line of copy in that magazine. So, yeah, that's his attention to detail. But that's him wanting to make that a special magazine, and he did, definitely. Was Dave part of the reason uh, you were fresh out of uh, University of North Texas, yeah. then North Texas State? Yes. And <laughs> was Dave part of the reason uh, that you wanted to work at the Trib, or how much did that factor in? Well, um, and, and again, I said I didn't get the sports job open. Well, there wasn't a sports job opening, but I was promised that. Um, I, I can tell you, and, and this is kind of a little bit embarrassing, that I didn't because I didn't play football, I didn't really grow up you know, reading and pouring over Texas football magazine. I really didn't, you know, a lot of people did, you know, and of course they would look for their name and stuff like that. I knew who Dave was. I knew who the, you know, what the magazine was and everything, but you know, in terms of that being the attraction, no, but um, when I came and I interviewed, he was one of the ones I interviewed and it was really a cool deal because to get to know him or, you know, to sit down and have an interview with him. Cause I, I interviewed with him and with Dub Brown, who was the managing editor at the time. And, um, you know, just the chance to meet him and, and he did, he, he promised me the first sports job that came open, you know, just, I, I guess he appreciated, you know, my interest or whatever. And he, in uh, literally the second day and I, I, 
was racking my brain trying to remember what the guy's name was, and it was Roger Phillips who actually went to the Kansas City Star, and he left on the second day, and I had to do my two weeks on the news desk, and Ernie Murray would not let me go until I was done with my two weeks. <laughs> that was a long two weeks, I bet. That was a long two – well, as a matter of fact, it was funny, Brooke, because um, I think it was one of the first days that I was there, and I was still on the news desk, and uh, uh, John Werner had gone to uh, Grand Junction, Colorado, to cover MCC in the World Series, and he came back in, and he was you know, coming to introduce himself to me, and Ernie said, no, you get away from him, he's mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, But, you know, in hindsight, you know, I'd like to say that that's the reason I came to Waco. But, you know, I I was uh, applying at certain size newspapers, I guess. I think it was 30,000 circulation was what I was looking at at that point and up. And um, Waco was actually one of the few that actually gave me uh, a chance at that or even an interview. I, you know, so um, I, I guess it was opportunity, you know, that brought me to Waco. But, man, what a what an opportunity to work with that guy. And and he was, you know, my sports editor for 10 years and then obviously 15 years with the Bear Foundation. In those 10 years, mm-hmm. any special stories that ring a bell when mm-hmm. you think back and reflect on that time after you were the newbie, when your right. papers were maybe a little less read? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that just – it, it really resonates with me now is, is being able to travel with Dave because, um, you know, he's, he's the best storyteller that I've ever known. And, and just the chance to be on the road with him and he would share his stories on the road. And, um, you know, as I got to know him better, he would, you know, share more stories, I guess. Uh, and a lot of times it did come back to the colorful characters that came through that newsroom in his, you know, in terms of when he first started 50 years at the, at the Tribune Herald. So um, it always kind of came back to some of those guys. Uh, and like I said, best storyteller ever. And, and so th- those are the things I remember, those, you know, those road trips with Dave, you know, thinking that here I am, this 20-something sports writer, being able to travel with the founder of Texas Football Magazine, the sports editor of the Waco Trib, and this guy that just he remembers everything. That's that's what always boggles the mind is that he would remember details. Like I said, attention to detail. He would remember specific drives in a game. You know, for some of us, it's hard to remember a score. He would remember specifics about games that he went to or games that he covered. Jerry, you've said, uh, and I've heard you say several times, that he made us feel like equals. Yeah. Tell oh, yeah. us about that. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. I, you know, and, and I think Frank was a lot of that same way, that they don't – they didn't have an air about him. You know, they didn't make you feel like, you know, I'm this guy. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it was just the fact that he would uh, – uh, again, I you know I said in my column that you know I started to say that we trained at his feet, but we didn't. He let us walk alongside. He trained with us, um, and he let us you know be close to him. And it wasn't like we were training from the master. We we got to be right there with him. And 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 yeah, I mean none of us were equals. And he made all of us. And I think that's why, you know, when you've seen all these different people write about him or you know talk about him. It's because of that relationship that they were able to have with him, either, you know, with the newspaper or with the magazine or whatever, because, yeah, it's he made you feel like you were, you know, maybe better than you were, but an equal with him and you weren't. 
Um, but yeah, he, he just had a way about him to, you know, and I've, I've seen him, you know, even interaction with like, uh, Lariat reporters and stuff like that, that, you know, he was very encouraging, you know, he could, you know, the guy that he is, the man that he is, he didn't have to do that, but he would always encourage those. And certainly, you know, when I was at the newspaper, he continually encouraged me and, and, you know would recognize if I wrote something good or something like that, he would always let me know. And, um, you know, uh, maybe toward the end, there was less red ink on those, (laughs) on those critique sheets. I remember the first time I met him in person, I'd seen him around, but actually had the opportunity to speak with him. And it was at the Texas sports hall of fame and he was signing magazines. And I was actually there as a sports reporter covering it for uh, local TV and, um, I remember I put my camera down and I got in line myself and I was like, I want a signed magazine nice. by Dave Campbell. Right. Um, so I kind of took off my reporter hat and went through the line and he had seen me getting footage of him. And one thing <laughs> that I had reflected on while I was getting the footage is how much time, I mean, this line was long and it was long because of the number of people there, but it was also long because the amount of time he was spending with every single person. Yeah. He didn't just want to sign it and move on. He wanted to know where you came from. Why were you buying this magazine? You know, had you bought more magazines? Is this your first? All of those things. Um, and so when I got up there, it was the uh, Jimbo Fisher cover. My mm-hmm. brother was an Aggie, so I had to make sure I... Made sure and got that for him. And I got it all signed, one for my dad, one for me, and one for my brother. And um, I just remember going up there and getting these signed. And he was like, weren't you just filming? And I was like, I I was. And he goes, so then he wanted to know all about me and my career. And I was sitting there thinking, like, I was, like, flabbergasted, thinking, no, I want to know about your career. And it was just so special to be able to conversate with him and that kind of you know my story kind of aligns with Mm -hmm. what you were just saying of he made you feel like you were an equal and that he'd known you forever and so um when I found out of his passing the only thing I could think of to say was he just treated everyone like gold Mm -hmm. and um I don't know if you had a similar well I was I was gonna say when you were talking about the signing deal I guarantee you he didn't just sign at Dave Campbell no he didn't he would put you know best wishes to the yeah he would always include a note and he wanted to know who he was signing it for right it wasn't just you know so he wasn't going to just put his name he was going to put their name he was going to put some kind of note of encouragement or what and that again that's the kind of stuff i'm talking about his attention to detail uh, you know most people would just quick do a signature and stuff and be done with it and let's move the line yeah. along but dave like you said would talk to you but he also wanted to know who he was signing it for he wanted to write a note to them right so he I, wanted to know that my brother was an Aggie and who my dad was and you know getting to tell him that my brother (laughs) would like hunt for these magazines and you know and then doing my job starting in sports local tv covering high school football I was like that thing had all of my notes for all of our teams it was gold (laughs) um we looked forward to getting it every year tried to get it as early as possible so we could start studying and um One thing, you know, when we talk about print, Mm -hmm. you know, the Waco Tribune Herald and so many things have now turned digital, but that magazine is still printed. Mm -hmm. It's still a book that people go buy at the store. And I think that that says so much. It's like his legacy is still printed 
and will continue to be because yeah, that's absolutely. what so many people across the state now people know about Salina or Brownwood like unless you were around those areas people <laughs> didn't know or yeah. they didn't know how that team was but now you sit around here and you can talk about Katie football and their coach Joseph you know like it's just crazy to think the impact that he had and that it's still printed yeah Founded the magazine in 1960. Uh, he actually sold it in 1985. But uh, you better believe Dave Campbell's name <laughs> yeah, it right, is. is still on the cover. Absolutely. It's and, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Right, right. Which adds to the value of that and yeah. adds to right. people going to look for that magazine. Jerry Hill is our guest. Uh, reminiscing, paying tribute to Mr. Dave Campbell, who passed away last week at the age of 96. Uh, and he started he started Texas Football Magazine. I don't know how many people know he started the Southwest Conference press tour. Also, you know that yeah. story. I mean, he yeah. he he and probably a, a small it was a handful, handful of guys. Right. And they would they would actually go in cars. Yeah, you know, like I think him and Denny might have rode together on one of the fir- yeah. very first ones. Uh, but yeah, they would literally just go in cars. And and I'm, I remember him talking about and he's written about it too of going to Grand Junction when yeah. when Texas A and M was there. And I mean, just. You know, he's so much a part of history because he has done stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, from the very start, uh, you know, that was just a, a way for them to, you know, get out and know the coaches and get out and know the teams and stuff. But, uh, yeah, he pretty much started that and and uh, did it right from the start. And, you know, and one thing I was going to say um, when you were talking about him staying on as, as you know, or his name is for the longest time, as long as he could, he was still editing mm. Texas Football Magazine. Wow. I mean, he was still, you know, very hands-on. And even even in the later years, you know, because I've seen some stuff that David Wetzel has, he was going to all those kickoff classic games and stuff and being a presence at those. And, and again, he would go and, and sign the magazine and stuff. I mean, this is into his 90s. Yeah. This guy yeah, was right. still that active and still, you know, very involved, coming to the press conferences, doing all those things well into his 90s. You mentioned coming to the press conferences. He he did that last year was a COVID year, right. so everything was different. But so go back two years, 2019, mm-hmm. Mr. Dave was there pretty much every Baylor football press conference. I know that. There was probably a lot of others right. that he was going to. But uh, we all know that a press conference doesn't end That's right. until yep. Mr. Dave says it ends. It, it's it's like I, it, when Matt, Matt Rule was here, it was almost like he was waiting for it. Like he knew, <laughs> he knew something was coming, so he wasn't going to leave until Dave right. asked a question. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Dave, you know, like you said, came to every press conference, came to every home football game, went to – pretty much all of the home women's basketball games because that became certainly a passion later in life is, is following uh, the women's basketball team. But, yeah, I mean, he he had to get that last, you know, and, and you didn't know where he was going with it sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it was about recruiting, which, you know, maybe he was trying to get a head start on the magazine. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you just knew something was coming from Mr. Dave. Well, and I think it's important if you haven't – if you're listening and you haven't been to a press conference ever – this is typically how they end. All the questions are asked. Mm-hmm. The coach kind of pauses. Yeah. There are no more questions asked because <laughs> there's kind of a silence. Right. And then the sports information director at the time right. for Matt Rule was Taylor Bryan, now at North Texas. Right. And he would say, any more questions for coach? Nope. All right. Thank you, coach. And then the coach usually says, thank you all for being here. 
and walks off. So there's usually a procedure, and yeah. that whole procedure would happen, and Coach Rule would stay there. Yep. And then Mr. Dave would ask one or two yeah. or three sure. questions, questions. Yeah. and everyone would stay. Yeah. There would not be a camera packed up. There would not be a soul that moved from that chair. And it was just so neat for me being new to Baylor for a little bit. Kind of 2019 was right when I made that switch to see that respect mm -hmm. that he had earned, that was given. And that is not normal in college football press conferences. It is normally in and out and get it done. And um, so when I found out of his passing, I was telling my uh, boyfriend and some friends that exact story mm -hmm. of um, how Mr. Dave always got that last <laughs> question. Last question. But right. let's also remember that he wasn't just coming to ask questions. No, he was writing notes. articles. Oh, yeah. He was writing notes in those yeah. press conferences. And he first question in there, normally it's also quiet press conferences <laughs> when a coach walks in. And instead it was, did you get my game article? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was the unofficial yeah. first yeah. question of yeah. every oh, yeah. press conference yeah. he was at. Oh, yeah. Jerry, how about the gravitas of, of Dave uh, and how much respect he had? Brooke mentioned it by the media, yeah. by those around him here. Yeah. But think about Coach Taft. And oh, yeah. He and Coach Taft yeah. you know, worked together, Coach Taft's entire tenure here right. at Baylor. Yeah. But if I'm right in this, yeah. Coach Taft went to Dave to get his counsel more than once. And they, I, I remember wow. one of the times was when he you know, got the offer or, or there was interest in him from USC, and they actually drove around – the stadium and that was what grant was wanted to get his advice on whether he should take this job at usc and you think about that you know a a head football coach and at that point he hadn't i guess he had been here eight or nine years maybe but you know wasn't the big name that he became um but he went to dave for advice and and yeah that respect um it wasn't just with the writers. It wasn't just with the people that wrote for him. It was pretty much everybody, yeah. you know, and particularly the coaches. The coaches, I think, recognized what he had done, you know, with Texas Football Magazine, also with the Waco paper for that many years, but specifically with Texas Football Magazine and what he did for high schools. Because um, that's that's was the separator of Texas Football – or is mm -hmm. the separator of Texas Football Magazine. There's a lot of – magazines out there that will cover colleges that will cover pros at that point and, and even now there's nobody that does it like texas football magazine that covers the high schools like he did and and i think that was important from him from the very beginning is we need to you know we need to do the high schools and that's where that interest and in everybody just kind of you know swelled but yeah back to the coaches i mean i don't know of any coach that didn't have that kind of respect for Dave. And I can't remember exactly the story, Brooke, but I know there was, and it was kind of a press tour type deal, but uh, he was at Arkansas and Coach Broyles wasn't there, um, but he asked Dave if he would like come to the house later. <laughs> and so Dave, wow, Dave went over there. And as it turned out, it was actually Frank Broyles' um, wedding anniversary, <laughs> and he spent oh it. My gosh. And he spent it with Mr. Campbell. Oh, that's great! That's but a again, great that that's, doesn't show the amount right. of respect he had. Exactly, <laughs> honey. And Daryl Royal, Daryl Royal was the same way. I mean, they were actually, you know, friends. They were close yeah. friends, and uh, I think John might have mentioned this in, in a podcast that we did. But um, I don't know if you remember when we were down at UT. 
and they showed the picture. Uh, it's a living room, and it's Daryl Royal there. Willie Nelson is a very young Willie Nelson is playing, and there is Dave and Reba sitting there listening to Willie Nelson <laughs> yes. with Daryl Royal. You can't draw classic. that up. No, like no. what? But that's the respect that man got from yeah. everybody. I'm yeah. guessing there's no more, no other sports writers <laughs> in that, that room. Has but here's Dave <laughs> and Reba. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. In there. That's oh my really gosh. cool. He was a big, uh, he was a big tennis fan, big Very tennis big. man. Yeah. Played tennis as long as he could. He and uh, Bernard Rappaport, yeah. uh, I think, were every day, daily, right? Yep. Uh, yep. Tennis. Now you were involved in one of these sort of a, a yep. uh, maybe charity tennis events yeah. or yeah, public, let's do publicity. charity. Let's don't do celebrity. <laughs> celebrity uh, is the right word. You're right. Celebrity <laughs> tennis. Celebrity. Well. It might have been charity with how he played. <laughs> well. <but. laughs> Just kidding. I can't play tennis, so I can't talk. Well, and and I will say, even from when I first came down to Waco, that was like one of the things I found out really quickly was how, you know, Dave's passion and tennis and, and we would we would go out and play quite a bit and it would a lot of times we would play doubles and it would be like maybe me and John Werner or me and Kim Gorham versus John and Dave and, and we played quite a bit. I mean we played not every day like he did with Mr. Rappaport, but we played quite a bit and, and um I enjoyed tennis a lot but never had the passion for it that, that he did. But yes, the one you were talking about, John, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we couldn't was, let it go, yeah, you know. It was actually when Heard Tennis Center opened up in two thousand one, um and I don't remember who organized this, but we actually had a uh, celebrity tennis match where it was me and Kevin Steele, the head football coach at the time, versus Dave and Kim Mulkey, <laughs> obviously the women's <laughs> basketball coach. And uh, yeah, That's you could, I can tell yeah. you exactly where all the fans, where their loyalties was, and it was not on our side. They loved them some Kim, and no, they loved sure. them some Dave. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think I, I may have mentioned in there that um, he or I, I hit a a winner right at Kim and, and the fans actually booed. Oh. <laughs> but, oh. but when I was playing against Dave and this is, you know, his competitive nature and stuff, he would hit a shot past me or you do, do the little drop shot or whatever. And he'd say, winner. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of the match, Just to you make know, sure you knew. yeah, at the end of the match, it's we win. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's great. That's so, memory. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, let's talk real quickly before we wrap up. Um, he's from. He went to La Vega High School mm-hmm. right here. Um, he also attended Baylor, like we mentioned. Um, but he, I believe, had to pause yep. while he was because he was drafted into the military. Right. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? I in will. His career. Yeah, and and it's again, it's one of those things that he didn't talk about a lot. Like I said, Hollis Biddle was like his best friend, his right hand man for all those years, and for the longest time, he had no idea about Dave's service in the army, and specifically about him getting a Bronze Star medal. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's not just handed out. No, so, it's not. Um, the fact that he. Yeah, he fought in uh, World War II in, in Germany and France, I think, mainly. Um, but, yeah, he actually 
got a bronze star medal and and once he was done um with the army i guess it was in 46 he came back and he started back at um baylor going to school um he had started in 42 and then when he uh turned 18 he he got drafted and, and went over there and finished up uh he tells me all the time that it's listed as 50 but he actually is because they didn't have a winter graduation at that time he actually finished in december of 49 and then graduate his technical graduation okay. date was 50 but yeah he finished up in 49 well and that also speaks to dave and how fair he was to everyone everybody knew he was a baylor grad right mm-hmm. but he was so well respected again among all the coaches in the southwest conference into the big 12 yep. i don't think that was ever a factor that he you know he was from baylor no and i i saw this like firsthand like i you know and i would i would even take calls and stuff from people they they a lot of people had no idea he was a baylor grad and that's because in his writing and stuff he didn't show that right now maybe when he was here, when he you know when he was actually working for Baylor, he could do that. But when he was working at the Waco Tribune Herald, you would not know by his writing that that was his team. You know that he was green and gold, or and all that. Like I would have people ask, "Is he a UT guy? Is he an A and M guy?" So that told you, you know, how impartial he remained, even though you knew how much he loved Baylor. Because I sat with him at games, and I I knew what his <laughs> was even even before he came here. So. Well, even his uh, his picks, the crowded, right. clouded crystal well, ball. Yeah. I mean, he didn't pull punches. No, I mean, no. He, didn't, he wasn't a homer at all. I mean, no. he, if he thought Baylor was going to win that game, Brooke, he'd predict him on Fridays. He'd pick okay. Baylor. If he didn't think Baylor was going to win, he wasn't picking Baylor. <laughs> so he was very, uh, very middle of the road oh, yeah. there. Well, funny note on that. And I think uh, – th- I don't remember if this was in my interview with him or, you know, maybe something from something else I had seen. But – I think it was for the – it was actually for the Sugar Bowl. Uh. Um, you know, they were taping something, and they needed somebody to pick Baylor. Wow. And so they kind of made him pick Baylor, and he was right. <laughs> in 57. Yeah, in 57 because yeah. yeah. they beat Tennessee. Tennessee was ranked like number two or something. Right, right. And Dave was not going to pick them. He wasn't going to pick. But – <laughs> you know, they kind of like made him pick uh, oh, Baylor. Great. I don't know if it was for a TV or radio yeah. show or what, but they, they like put him on the spot and wanted him to pick Baylor, and then he turned out he was right. <laughs> That's great. Thank goodness. Mr. Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about uh, the legacy that he leaves behind? All you you yeah. and all Bryce and all you writers. I yeah. mean, that is a long, distinguished list. Yeah, it's amazing the guys that – and particularly if you throw the magazine in there too, but guys, even just the ones that came through the Waco Tribune Herald in his 40 years as a sports editor and, and, you know, just in researching and stuff that I've written about him. I mean, Al Ward, um, he wound up being a GM of the New York Jets. Um, you know, just guys like that. Uh, and I'm drawing a blank on the name, but one guy was, uh, went to Austin Statesman, um, that Lou Mazel. Lou Mazel was the uh, Austin uh, uh, sports editor. Um, John McClain, obviously the longtime NFL uh, Houston Chronicle writer. A lot of people went to the Chronicle, and that was actually where our softball game started from. Was all the Houston Chronicle guys that had wor- worked for Waco Tribune Herald. That were, but but everybody, and and you've you've heard and seen this. Like most of us, anytime he asked, we did it. And for most of us, and particularly with it with it being the magazine or whatever, we would have done it for free mm. because Dave asked. If Dave asks you, and that's it's a little bit of the same way that Coach Rule was. Mm-hmm. 
if Dave is going to ask, I'm going to answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my time is basically done. But if Dave Campbell is asking me something, I'm going to answer it. And I think that's the way with most of the people that worked with him and for him was, you know, that's the respect we had for him was that we would do anything for that man. Well, I think when I was reading in the article, you know, the long list of writers Mm -hmm. that, you know, where they are now and the influence they're having on others, um, like Tony Peterson. Tony Peterson, He chairs the journalism department up at SMU. Uh, just their impact that mm-hmm. they're continuing to have on the future generations of writers. Um, you know, if this was a football broadcast, there would be a tree like Nick right. Saban, you know, like right. with yeah. his no, whole yeah. coaching tree, yeah. you know, like this is Dave Campbell's writing tree. And I think that that's important to be pointed out just because yeah. it's a different field, you know, just as successful, just as impactful. Um pretty neat to be able to celebrate absolutely and dan yeah. jenkins wrote for the magazine <laughs> uh kevin sherrington wrote for the magazine david cast evens came through here um there was a columnist up in dallas for a long time so yeah his influence on sports journalism in this state but really around the country and certainly with the magazine he's he's got his hand on a lot of things and a lot of careers happened or were aided along by dave campbell yeah david Barron. David Barron, Picked up yes. the mantle. And David was kind of his right-hand man a lot later in years. Right. But David, uh, he actually worked at the Trib, but, you know, went to the Houston Chronicle as well, and um, but did a lot of the stuff for the magazine. He was kind of his high school editor for many, many years. So, yeah, just uh, – and the list goes on and on because there's been so many guys that have come through here and been influenced and, and just, you know, re- really respect the man. We talk about the writers, but we also need to talk about the athletes. Mm -hmm. Um, He didn't coach football, but he had a huge part. I mean, when you look at the state of Texas, Mm -hmm. it's in the top three biggest states. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of high school football programs across this state. And to know that he wrote about all of them, Mm -hmm. had those kids' names in there. And then we talk about Texas high school football recruiting and the Texas high school coaches association and how big of a deal. I mean, we talked about that when Matt Rule came here, how he got those high school football coaches, mm-hmm. David Wetzel, Sean Bell, et cetera, um, to come and to be a part of that because that's how big that is. Mm-hmm. And to know that he played a role in that, you know, was very neat. Obviously, RG3 was very talented himself. Probably would have been noticed without a, with or without <laughs> right. the magazine. But he even took the time on national yeah. tel- television to talk about Dave Campbell, to yeah. pause, to remember, because he had a huge part in mm-hmm. opening the door for a lot of high school kids who probably – maybe wouldn't have been recognized by a college if they had not been mentioned right. in that magazine. And I know Bryce Petty had tweeted out, mm-hmm. too, about that's like still like maybe one of the highlights of his career, his life, was being on the, the cover of Texas Football Magazine. Right. But, yeah, every kid that had his name in there, I mean, that was a big deal to them. Actually uh, got a, a, a text from my father-in-law, and he was, I don't even remember what year it was, but he remembers being in that magazine. And it was one of the very first ones that his name was mentioned, you know, with his team. So that was a, that was a and he still remembers it how many ever years later. So that's, that's a huge deal for any of those guys that just get their name mentioned, much less, you know, some of them get their actual picture in there. You know, that's a big deal. Yeah. What a legacy. What a legacy in so many ways. Mr. Dave passed away on uh, December 10th at his home in Waco at the age of 96. Funeral service, uh, a memorial service for Mr. Dave Campbell. 
will be held at 11 a.m. on Friday, December 17th at Austin Avenue United Methodist Church in Waco. And that will be, uh, you know, we refer to these as a celebration of life. That will be a celebration of a life well lived for Dave Campbell. And it didn't click with me until later, um, but that he died the day after his wedding anniversary. Oh, wow. You know, and Reba had passed uh, right at, it's coming up on two years. But, yeah, he died the day after his wedding anniversary. Mm. And they were married for over 70 years. Yeah, what a couple. And uh, do want to give our, you know, uh, thinking of to Julian and, and Becky, his two daughters, mm-hmm. um, their husbands and three grandchildren. Darby lives here in Waco and then his two grandsons. So we definitely thinking about them as well. Thoughts and prayers for sure. Yeah. Well, Jerry, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Uh, it is uh, very fun to reminisce and remember uh, the great Mr. Dave Campbell, and I don't use the term great lightly at all. Mm-hmm. What a legacy he leaves. Yeah. Uh, we are proud at Baylor University to have him as a Baylor alum and here in Waco and all his time, 40 years as the sports editor at the Waco Tribune Herald. That is this week's Sikkim podcast. Thanks to Jerry Hill, the director of sports journalism for Baylor University. For Brooke Bednarz, I'm John Morris. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. That's this week's Sikkim podcast. You've been listening to the Sikkim podcast. The Sikkim Podcast has been a production of Baylor Athletics.